0: The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to Economist.com and get your first month free.
1: This is Worldly. I'm Zach Beecham here with Jen Williams and Alex Ward. We are talking about the Biden administration's foreign policy and, and the world that they're inheriting from the Trump administration. And it's really, really interesting set of challenges and points of departure and similarities that we're expecting from the Biden team. We expect them to continue some of Trump's tough on China policies while also trying to balance it with climate change, which seems to be their overarching priority is enlisting the world in the fight against climate change. We see uh, them getting closer to allies in Western Europe who have been alienated under the Trump administration and partly by rejoining a lot of multilateral organizations, while also distancing themselves from traditional American allies in the Middle East, like Israel and Saudi Arabia. And we also see a real interest in push towards rebuilding some of the accomplishments of the Obama administration, like rejoining the Paris Climate Accord or getting the Iran nuclear deal back in place. So there's, there's a lot at play going on. Um, but Jen, uh, you you have this, this interesting theory about the way that Trump has changed the perception of the United States among a lot of the Biden people who might be expected to just be Obama 2.0. A lot of them did, in fact, serve in the Obama administration. But Trump has, has shown some things about the U.S.'s role in the world that I found kind of striking when when you were talking about this with me before the show
0: yeah and to be clear this isn't uh my original idea or or my theory even i'm not even sure uh, if i agree with it or not it's just something i'm thinking about um and, and i saw some conversation about this and basically the argument was that the trump administration you know, through its kind of America first, um, you know, retrenchment uh, and, and, you know, deciding that America shouldn't be the world's policeman, doesn't need to be, you know, the world's savior. Um, not that it is, but you know what I mean? Uh, and playing that kind of role and has to be, you know, putting out fires all around the world. Um, in In doing that, the argument is that essentially opened the way for Biden to be able to also play that role, essentially showing that it's okay for the U.S. not to be engaged everywhere at all times—that the U.S. doesn't have to be involved in every conflict—and I find that a really fascinating argument because, you know, for a very long time, that has been, you know, the U.S. Uh, kind of, you know, conception of itself, and in many ways, the perception abroad of the U.S., um, you know, intervening all over the place, um, you know, whether for good or for ill depending on, on the, the area, but, you know, things like, uh, you know, the genocide in Rwanda and the fact that, you know, the U.S. didn't intervene quickly enough there to stop genocide was, you know, a huge kind of blemish uh, on the United States um, and various other conflicts, the fact that the U.S. did get involved in the Balkans, things like that. So I'm just kind of interested to see what you guys think about that theory.
2: I don't buy it at all, uh, <laughs> um, in part because of what, you know, Biden's team is saying. Biden himself has said he wants America to be back at the head of the world's table. You have Tony Blinken, the incoming secretary of state, say the world does not organize itself um, and it basically requires America to do so. I think what there, what might be true from that is Trump uh, made it OK to not, you know, send America's military everywhere and, and to not solve everything, you know, with, with, with force. But... Uh, what Biden's team is clearly trying to do, uh, make a break from Trump on, is America needs to be everywhere, at least diplomatically and economically. It needs to be uh, a leader in multilateral organizations. It needs to be chief among nations um, in the organization of world politics. Uh, so that idea hasn't gone away. In fact, for me, Biden is trying to prove that america is still the power of yesteryear it is still the post-world war ii country that it was that despite the world changing america really hasn't it is still fundamentally the same nation um trump argued the opposite he argued the times were different and america was different and so we needed to change with the times biden is trying to prove the old theory and i think he's going to spend four years trying to do just that
1: so i think there's a, a synthesis perspective here uh which is that Biden is very committed, in the way that Alex was just describing, to reestablishing and rebuilding the post-World War II international order, right? Trump was America first, right? It was all about stepping outside, not only of America's traditional role as a guarantor of international peace and and multilateral organizations, but also just putting us number one and screw anybody else or any other concern that might get in the way of the United States. Now, they didn't always practice what they preached, but that was the general overarching doctrine, which has not been uh, you know, the traditional American view, which is that embedding in multilateral organizations and working with allies has, even if it may not be in the short-term interest of the United States in the long run, best preserved peace and prosperity for the world and for the country. Uh, I also, though, think that the Biden people have gotten uh, a sense of disinterest in the kind of aggressive interventionism that the U.S. embodied, uh, certainly before the Obama administration, arguably even during it uh, with the Libya intervention. Um, The the sort of military adventurism that characterized a lot of the post-Cold War U.S. foreign policy, and and adventurism, again, may not be the right term, but certainly the willingness to use force to solve a lot of problems... Uh, the attitude for that has dissipated significantly. That's not to say the U.S. isn't involved in a lot of wars currently. It is at a very low level. But the idea of of starting a new large-scale war has become less and less popular, especially in, in liberal foreign policy circles, where skepticism about the utility of military force has grown uh, over the course of time. And it's not exactly a product of what the Trump administration has Done, probably more reaction to the Iraq War than anything else, but Trump certainly has helped cemented the perspective that uh, there's little appetite, kind of across the partisan spectrum, for a more militarily aggressive United States. Um,
2: I'll disagree with that briefly, even though Biden, I, I I agree with the the general thrust of of not a big war. The people that you have in the Biden team or are going to have in the Biden team still believe in military interventionism. You have Avril Haines, the director of national intelligence, was you know, an architect of the drone wars and has yet to fully say that torture was wrong, although she says it's illegal. Um, you have Tony Blinken, the incoming secretary of state, who uh, was pro libya intervention, is pro-Syria intervention, um, and, you know, could conceivably do that, uh, or advocate those policies or similar policies in the future. And you have Samantha Power, who's going to come in as the USAID uh, chief, Uh, who will actually be in cabinet meetings and who has been a proponent of uh, the responsibility to protect doctrine, basically, that the U.S. and other nations should uh, intervene in cases of, of, um, you know, for humanitarian intervention. So Biden is not necessarily the biggest fan of those things. But if you have people around the table who advocate those kinds of um, policies, you may still see a bit of uh, American adventurism militarily down the line.